lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And happy Friday. Thanks for tuning in here today, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace with Aaron McIntyre and Todd Erzin, plus our good friend Chris Pandolfo is back here. We'll tell you why in a moment, but since it's Friday, you probably know why. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com. That's how you can email the show, D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And if you're looking for clips of the show that you can sample yourself or share with others, youtube.com slash stevedace. That's youtube.com slash Steve Dace. And don't forget, today is the absolute final day to take advantage of our greatest discount ever for Blaze TV. It expires after today. $30 off an annual subscription. It comes out to just about $5 and change a month. I have to believe at some point in time, especially in these last couple of months, we have done a show worth five bucks to you. But if we have not, Somebody else in the vast stable of talent here at Blaze TV, I'm sure has. Otherwise, none of us would have jobs. So if you think it's worth it, now's the time. Uh, BlazeTV.com slash Dace, promo code Steve to take advantage of that cheapest discount ever. BlazeTV.com slash Dace, promo code Steve. And remember, it expires today. Next hour, Feedback Friday, where we get back to how you uh, got back to us. But before we get to all of that, it is time for the Dace Group. Your weekly look at the week that was begins as it always must with bleep Democrats say. I'm very careful and hopefully humble in knowing that I don't know everything about this disease. And that's why I'm very reserved in making broad predictions. These protests, um, it, you know, in a, in a perverse way, make it likelier that we're going to have to stay in a stay home posture. This is calls to violence. This is uh, racist and misogynistic. My concern is that if states or cities or regions uh, their attempt, understandable, to get back to some form of normality, disregard to a greater degree the checkpoints that we put in our guidelines. Because I feel if that occurs, there is a real risk that you will trigger an outbreak that you may not be able to control. My, my main character in the first novel was the first lady. She, in the second novel, is widowed. And I was looking for the perfect person for her to have an affair with. I was seated at the pension building dinner, which is this huge dinner uh, hall in Washington where there are a lot of black tie dinners. I was seated next to Tony Fauci. We just hit it off immediately. And I just thought, wow, this guy, I thought he was really sexy. So after the dinner, after the dinner, everybody left the table. He and I were still locked in conversation. And on the way home, I said to my husband, Ben Bradley, um, you know, I found the guy. I found the perfect person for her to have an affair with. Yes, we had this European virus attack us and nobody expected it. To those politicians who decide to cave into this coronavirus, they need to understand the consequences of their cowardly act. 
The funding we have put aside to help with fighting this crisis will go to the folks who are doing their part. And that includes our CARES Act funding, which will be used to support counties that are following the orders to prevent the spread and the medical communities who are treating patients. However, other discretionary funding won't go to counties that put us all at risk by operating illegally. I think women should be believed they should have an opportunity to have their case and state it just forthrightly. So disappointing to look at what we're seeing from right-wing media these days where there's such an obsession with the deep state and these revelations about the Russia pro. At the end of the day, the truth is the truth. That's what should prevail. And the truth is this never happened. And when President Trump says, oh, he's going to sit back and wait, when Leader McConnell says he doesn't see a real need at this moment, they're behaving like Herbert Hoover before the Great Depression. We have an opportunity, in my view, to transform the economy. Uh, we, we would be an endless amount of money if we put our wish list uh, for the future in there. We have a chance to institutionally change the way this economy functions. It's important for us to put forth our bill now without uh, too much conversation. At the very least, sway and push the Biden administration as much as possible um, to improve and better articulate progressive policy. But I'm optimistic always. I see everything as an opportunity. The bigger the challenge, the bigger the opportunity. Okay, so asking for names, nothing wrong with that. Unmasking in and of itself, nothing wrong with that. Leaking classified information, and by definition, these phone calls were classified. That's a problem, correct? Uh, Absolutely, it is. Um, And if anyone did leak the contents of these conversations with or without the name, that would be a problem, yes? Uh, We've lost the shot. I wonder if we can at least get him on the phone. (laughs) <laughs> that's great he got epstein yes and that absolutely deserved its own set aside even without the adoring music of the uh, artist formerly known as the soviet national anthem so let's get to our first question your favorite episode of looney tunes this week was chris pandolfo you get to first fill in the blank go ahead sir yeah. So the Democrats are really all coming together. And you see, if you look at what the governor of Michigan is saying, Governor Whitmer, you know, if you're one of 36 million Americans out of work right now and you're unhappy about it and you just want your state government to let up, let your business open back so your employer can hire you again so you can work to put food on your table for your kids, you're a racist. That, that is essentially the messaging for the Democratic Party now. And this is all kind of the, the setup for what they're trying to do in Congress as well, is we're going to keep everybody locked down and we're going to pass these massive trillion dollar bills because we have to, because people are out of work and we need to give them aid, Steve. And, you know, the Trump administration, those dirty Republicans, they're fighting the aid that we need to give to the people is three trillion dollar bills. So, you know, you really need a President Biden to get in there so we can pass this aid to support all the people who are out of work because we're not letting them go to work. That, that, in a nutshell, is what the Democratic Party is doing right now in America. They've abandoned the science. They're changing the reasoning from why we needed the lockdowns from flatten the curve to, well, you know, we have to keep everybody shut down until there's a cure. There's never going to be a cure. So we're past the point of trying to do this for people's benefit. We're to the point of doing this for politics. And frankly, it's not a looney tune. It's, it's enraging. And people should be mad about it. And what President Trump needs to do is tell from the top down now, okay, it's time for the country to reopen. Agreed. I can't, obviously, I can't force 
state governments to do what I want them to do. But I'm telling you, if you're going to keep us locked down, I'm not going to pass any more aid for your state. The states that are going to open up again are usually going to be conservative states. They're going to benefit more than this. The rest of the country is going to have to see that. And they're going to have to get mad at the Democrats for not letting them go back to work. So I'm not even like amused by this week's of total depravity. I'm just mad. And I want it to end. And I think the country is ready for it to end, too. So, Chris, we haven't talked to you this week. So I'm, I want to engage you a little extra. Yes, might I engage him for a couple of extra minutes here? No. Get an opinion outside of our show bubble. Yeah. I am struggling trying to figure out their strategy. I, I don't understand it. Try the, the, the Democratic strategy. And let me, let me explain why. The panic porn, shut the country down, wreck the economy. That was a good strategy. Cynical, awful, you know, reprehensible, but effective as long as the rest of the country went along with it, okay? Um, trying to shame states like Georgia and Iowa and South Dakota into not reopening and everything else so that they wouldn't, you know, break the paradigm. From their perspective, I get that strategy. They're doing what you just articulated. I don't understand the strategy now because, they're, because I understand that this is, this is always their M.O., yeah, that, you know, we wreck systems, then you need government to do more for you. But the problem is, in order to carry this out to its, to its most effective opportunity, they're going to have to deny their own constituents things in life they want to go to the movies, watch football this fall, etc. And, and those are things that are cross-political. And th there's a lot of things that a lot of people who hate Donald Trump are fine giving up until it's their idols that they don't want to have to give up to hate Donald Trump. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. I don't get this strategy because now that states are opening up and not seeing massive hospitalizations and deaths, and we've chronicled this from Wisconsin on this show to Georgia, Florida, it's all the lack, the, the lack of smoldering ash. Kids have been back in school for a week in Montana, okay? So now that the, the horse has left the barn on this, to me, the far more effective strategy is to do what the BBC did to Boris Johnson this week. We'll talk about that some next segment. But pivot and attack him from the right. And all of a sudden, Boris Johnson, and the, since, since the BBC aired that story, Boris Johnson's put out a 50-page plan to reopen the UK. He's told the MCU and the Batman and all these Holly big-budget films that we're filming, they can come back. They announced the Premier League soccer is coming back next month. It's like they've done a 180 since he got hit from the right by the, by the liberal media. He's totally changed his tune on this. To me, that's the effect. Is, is that, that pivot, some of them have done it within yeah. the liberal media, but I am surprised to see a Gretchen Whitmer not just turn right around as a new governor and blame all of her unemployed in Detroit on Donald Trump, and that's why we need to reopen the economy. I am surprised they're holding on to the lockdown narrative now that we're at the point that the only people really buying into it um, are a part of their own constituents that they then have to screw them out of things they want in life to continue this. I don't get where the end game is for them on this. Help me. So uh, here's what I think is going on is they're listening to their own echo chamber. You know, the, those Democrats at the state level who are still in power still believe the experts who say we need to keep the coronavirus from spreading, right? And they're listening to, to the liberal media too, which keeps coming up with all this polling saying, oh, you know, actually most Americans don't want to reopen right now. Actually, most Americans don't just want to keep shut down. They're still afraid of the coronavirus. They're going to remain at home voluntarily, even if we did open up. So what's the point of opening up a lockdown? And they're, they're listening to that and they actually think that most of the country is with them on the lockdown. They don't think that most of the country wants to open back up. Uh, I think they're just at that out of touch. Okay. And okay. they're that 
listening to their own media echo chambers. Okay. And also, though, you will notice the Joe Biden campaign is starting to do what you're I have seen. About. He was doing that yesterday, although he couldn't. He confused lies with jobs. But yes, he was making exactly. that point yesterday. Yeah. So more and more, I think they're going to try to get to where you're saying they should go. I don't think they're going to do it in time. And I think the Republicans really need to like outmaneuver them on this, saying, no, 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 we're the ones opening up. You mm-hmm. guys are the ones who still want the lockdown. And if we don't do that, we're probably going to lose the election. I agree. First one to first one to open up wins in November. I agree with that. All right, so, Todd. So the one who is dumbest last loses. <laughs> Another way of putting it. <laughs> All right. What do you think, Todd? Quickly, your favorite uh, oh, dose of loony. The shamelessness of uh, Governor Cuomo uh, after he's clearly guilty of uh, killing all kinds of old people by sending uh, uh, them into hell holes and uh, that ridiculous dinner theater he's had with his brother and what we know about his brother. For him to go just... The European virus. Remember his brother got mad in a restaurant when he got called Fredo? Well, he just basically called this the Fredo virus. What a hack. Impeach him. Aaron. Uh, it has to be the end. I just, I don't know about you guys, but I just find it really hard to believe that just as soon, I mean, after all of that week, uh, we see this as an opportunity to reshape the economy. We see this as an opportunity to reshape the economy. We can't pass this bill without uh, without uh, not talking about it. We, we need to limit our conversation about this bill. You know, if we put our wish list in there, it'd be millions of, or it would be a countless uh, pile of cash. Uh, protesters of the lockdowns are racist and misogynistic and as soon as soon as the cnn tries not journalisming but journalism with james clapper there as soon as they actually ask some tough questions bada bing bada boom oh there's a technical difficulty in james technological difficulty we seem to yes. be experimenting some uh, technological differences um yeah that's that's <laughs> That's great. That is just fantastic. They stumbled upon journalism, and wouldn't you know, the Skype gave out, yep. right? Hot damn. Exit question on a scale of 1 to 10. 10. With one being as reliable as a Lindsey Gramnesty vow to Sean Hannity to get to the bottom of the deep state. How many times has he done that interview, by the way? That shows up in my Gravian feed. Is this like his 18th appearance on the Sean Hannity show the last few years, promising to get to the bottom of the deep state? Uh, and 10 being as intense as, as Lindsey Gramnesty's preference for illegal aliens over actual Americans. Uh, rate this week's total depravity, Todd. Ten. You ready to 10? Chris? 10. Aaron? 10. Issue two, the week in COVID. It was another super happy fun times week of Wuhan coronavirus fallout. Los Angeles County all but announced they're extending their stay-at-home orders for another three months. L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti had to do damage control after that news was leaked. Well, I want to reassure people because I think there was a lot of panic suddenly when the headline said we're all going to stay exactly as we are for three more months when that's not the case. I think quite simply she's saying that we're not going to fully reopen Los Angeles and probably anywhere in America without any protections or any health orders. That came on the same day Cal State announced they'd be shutting down their campuses through the fall semester. That affects 23 universities in the state. Then there was the turning of the tide, maybe, against Dr. Anthony Fauci, starting with Rand Paul's comments to him during a Senate hearing this week. 
much as I respect you, Dr. Fauci, I don't think you're the end all. I don't think you're the one person that gets to make a decision. We can listen to your advice, but there are people on the other side saying there's not going to be a surge and that we can safely open the economy, and the facts will bear this out. Donald Trump followed up by talking about Fauci's uncertainty regarding school closings. Look, he wants to play all sides of the equation. I was surprised by his answer, actually, uh, because, uh, you know, uh, it's just... To me, it's not an acceptable answer, especially when it comes to schools. The only thing that would be acceptable, as I said, is professors, teachers, etc., over a certain age. I think they ought to take it easy for another few weeks. Wisconsin's Supreme Court ruled Governor Tony Evers' continued lockdown as unconstitutional. Shortly thereafter, bars in the Badger State were packed with celebrations. Arizona and Florida's governors both welcomed professional sports to come back and play in their states. All these professional sports um, are going to be welcome in Florida. That may not be the case in every other state in this country, as we've seen. And so what I would tell commissioners of leagues is if you have a team in an area where they just won't let them operate, we'll find a place for you here in the state of Florida. Elon Musk announced Tesla would be restarting production in Alameda County, California, against that county's guidelines. And the BBC sounded like the Steve Dace show. We will be relying, as ever, on the science to inform us, as we have from the beginning. Follow the science, they say, as if the science is a certainty. But the science isn't always straightforward and can be complex. Who you choose to listen to or how you interpret it can take you in different, deeply political directions. All right, so first question. Which of these was the biggest story this week, in your opinion, and why, Todd? A, California's quack down. B, the Fauci-Trump-Rand love triangle. C, Wisconsin's state Supreme Court rules the lockdown unconstitutional and basically turns it into spring break. All right, spring break in the Badger State right now. Uh, D, pro sports invited back to Arizona and Florida. E, Elon Musk goes civil disobedient. Uh, and F, left-wing BBC nukes conservative prime minister uh, Boris Johnson from the right over the lockdowns. Which of those do you think was the biggest story this week and why? Well, with Wisconsin, see, that that, that reminds me of back in the day when uh, Playboy used to rank the party schools. Right. And it, and it ranked them, and then at the end, it, it put in Wisconsin and said, we don't rank the professionals with the amateurs. So, I mean, we, <laughs> we just know our business over there. But I'm, go, I'm going to go with A, the California quack down. There's just a, there's a beautiful poetry to what's going on there there's they have the perfect weather conditions to naturally fight this they were never overwhelmed there uh they didn't require uh, draconian uh, things to to not be overwhelmed there now they're being uh draconian so they're using non-made-up faux science to shut down some of the made-up faux science institutions in all of history, a.k.a. uh, California public universities. Meanwhile, the private university over there in California, Stanford, has been jumping up and down saying, hey, over here, look at The most academically decorated university in the entire state, in the entire state all along has been saying, we're calling BS on this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, it's there's yeah. just a beautiful poetry to it all. I, the, the 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 idea that I hate Donald Trump so much 
and I want to I, I I want him to lose so bad that I am I am literally willing to drop a nuclear bomb on my own house. I, I'm willing to light this myself is, on fire. This is why your thing about how every time smoldering ash has been tried, yes. it has failed. We yes. may finally get it in California yes. by suicide, self-imposed suicide. And, and, and like I said a few days ago, Chris. If, if, if the end game of this is that a few coastal blue states that are trying to wreck America decide to declare their own corona fascism uh, confederacy and close themselves off to the rest of us while the rest of us get back to normal, allowed. I may I may change my entire perspective on on coronavirus. Actually, I might I might I might nominate coronavirus for the Medal of Honor uh, if that's how this thing turns out. Chris, what was your favorite? Uh, actually, I agree with Todd, uh, but I think that story is related to the Elon Musk story. Uh, the more you see that these big uh, blue states are going to continue the crackdowns, the more civil disobedience it's going to inspire. See, I don't think you can really separate them. And so, like you saw Joe Rogan this week also saying, you know, hey, maybe I should move to Texas. Uh, it's all it's all related for the same reasons that uh, Todd said. But I actually think that if I can go off script, I think that it's none of the above. The biggest story this week was the uh, FBI unmasking being declassified and finding Joe Biden and Barack Obama's name on this list of documents who unmasked uh, Trump administration officials. And, and the reason that's big, it's such a big story is because it proves that what uh, everybody who's been on the right side of this issue has been saying for two years is that the Obama administration de- unmasked these guys and somebody in that administration leaked information to the media to drive the whole Russia collusion conspiracy theory, right? That happened. It's been confirmed now. So the entire first two years of the Trump administration has, was sabotaged by the Obama administration. It's the biggest scandal in modern American history. And the media right now is just like, huh? What? What's going on? Oh, you guys are obsessed with this Obamagate thing. It's outrageous. It's got to be an issue in the election. And Joe Biden's name is on the document. So this is not going to go away. And I think it's going to be far more consequential, hopefully, than uh, this lockdown stuff, which, in my opinion, is probably going to end as soon as the rest of the country looks around and see everybody's opening up and everybody's fine. Well said, Aaron. Well, I I was going to say the, the California quackdown, but I, I th- my second my second one or kind of second on my list is the possibility of professional sports coming back. Actually, and it's because I I, I think the entire country cannot escape and has not been able to escape anywhere from this virus. You go and you listen to your favorite podcast. You go and you listen to your favorite sports radio station. You go and you look at these places that have been great uh, bastions of escapism and have been for decades and we're just used to that and take it for granted. The only topic of conversation is the virus. When a large swath of escapism and let's just face it, largesse. I was the one who said on this show probably a month and a half ago it was going to be America's largesse and America's uh, obsession with, uh, I, I, I don't know, debauchery and just uh, decadence, I should say, uh, that was going to bring us out of this before anything else. Um, I think when you start giving people uh, around the country in free states and you start giving national platforms that cover sports more actual sports to cover, Meanwhile, people in California, Washington, uh, Michigan, they're starting to listen to their uh, their favorite outlets. And now the favorite outlets are not focused on the virus and they feel left behind, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. And so I think that has as big of a possibility as almost anything right now 
to be the biggest story. If the professional sports leagues start to get uh, up and going again, which I know there's more rumblings about the NBA potentially going to Orlando and finishing out their season there or in Las Vegas. If, if those distractions, those major popular sports leagues start going again, people are going to start feeling left behind in places where they can't go to their favorite bar and watch their sports bar and watch their yep. game. So I think that has has the possibility to be a big development. There, there's three linchpins to reopening on a macro level. On a macro level. The, the, the three linchpins is are churches, that's why you got Mike Pence going around the country, meeting privately with groups of pastors and pretty much uh, every major market that he can get he can get into, urging the churches to reopen. Um, he was just here in our state on Friday, and we have uh, tons of churches are now opening in Iowa. Ours is opening. We're going to church on Sunday for the first time uh, in 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 two months. So that's that's one is churches. Two um, is is the sports leagues that Aaron talked about. The third is the kids going back to school, and that's the biggest one, because that's the one that's the one where parents now feel free to, to uh, freed up to now go back to work and everything else. Okay, and that's why there's that's why Fauci did what he did at the Senate. That's why there's a that's why this is the the last talking point war for the reopen is over the kids go back to school because once you let go of that rope, it, it, the whole thing collapse that that's that's the cornerstone of all of this the other two matter quite a bit but the kids going back to school is the cornerstone of those three linchpins and when you see china france germany japan south korea sweden switzerland iceland israel norway denmark all have sent their kids back to school so we, we can make a couple of there's a couple things we can argue one of two these two things is true a either all those countries hate their children more than we do that's one option or the other option is this is heavily becoming politicized because everybody that wants the lockdowns to continue recognizes that when the kids go back to school, the lockdowns are over. You can have you can put all the shelter in place. You can have whatever laws you have on the books are irrelevant. They're irrelevant. When the kids go back to school, that's VE day. That's VJ day. That's the USS Missouri pulling into the Tokyo Bay. That's the day that this ends for good psychologically in the minds of the American people is when they start taking their kids back to school. And that's why there is such a, a urination contest over that right now. But for my choice, I'm going to go with the BBC. Because I, I think that was an extraordinary moment. A tipping point moment in this entire debate. And I, hear, and I think it also demonstrates the strategic mistake that we've made in conservative media. One of the things you said on our show before, Chris, is conservative media, we really just counter the narrative of the other side, right? That's really what we do. So it's dueling narratives. See, the biggest problem we've had with media bias in this country is not all these... Li- See, we, pre- we presented that there's these, these low, in- low information drones, that, that left media can just program and move around with their sloganeering. If that was the case, a guy like Donald Trump's never went in the presidency, guys. Okay? They, they have influence within a group of people that agree with their narrative. But they actually don't escape that, that echo chamber very often. They, they don't. The average swing voter in America, white, black, any demographic, isn't watching MSNBC and CNN's primetime lineup. They're not. Only people that agree with them already watch that stuff. The average, anybody that any Republican has, has a 1% chance of getting them to vote for them, has never read a damn article from the 1619 Project and probably doesn't even know what it is, okay? That's not the power that we need to be countering. It's, the, it's what you alluded to with the masking, the unmasking a minute ago. 
It is not their power to program people. It's their power to memory hold them. That's the issue. Like my mom, who's more liberal than me. When I show her things like the FBI agents literally wrote, here's how, or here's how we're going to entrap General Flynn. She could not believe it. Couldn't believe it. She'd never heard this until I told her about it. The, how much information has this show told people for the first time in the last two months about coronavirus and the research being done out there? Why doesn't your CDC provide the same kind of demographic information that we can get from Sweden, Switzerland, Norway, Denmark, now Spain? Why? And then why isn't your media demanding that? See, it's not the opinions they give. We're, we're constantly countering their hot takes. The only people who care about that are the people that are already masturbating to it. All right. The vast majority of America doesn't watch, doesn't care and hates it. The issue is what gets reported as the news, not what their slant on it is. That's the power, the power of the memory hole. Sweden can just disappear. Wisconsin can just disappear. The stories they can make disappear. This one can just disappear. That's why they're all going after Catherine Herridge. How dare you penetrate our memory hole and do a real news story? We control the Overton window here. And what we need to do in conservative media is work on prying open the Overton window more that far more than worry about countering whatever hot take Don Lemon comes up with that is 39th in primetime news ranked audience watched and no one else cares about. That's the we make a massive strategic mistake with that. And the BBC proves it. They hit Boris Johnson from the right one time and they did it one time for 12 minutes. That piece is 12 minutes long. They ran they did it one time. And what has happened since they ran that? Here's my 50 page plan to reopen the UK. I invite Batman and the Marvel movies. Everybody come back to Pinewood Studios to shoot. Premier League comes back in June. Boy, they got him off his ass in 12 minutes. 12 minutes of actual news, they moved that entire needle of that country. That's the power that the mainstream media has. It is not programming people into, into voting like drones. We have Donald Trump entered office with more elected Republicans in public office than we've had in this country since before there was a media, before there was a New Deal, before there was a World War II. The power is controlling what news gets to be seen. And that's what we need to be countering. Not whatever hot take dumbassery comes out of their mouths at night, but what information they're allowing the American people to say more in a moment Back here on the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Chris Pandolfo, Aaron McIntyre, and Todd Erzin. Let's get to issue three as we continue with our weekly look at the week that was. Was it an outlier or an omen? Disgraced former California Congresswoman Katie Hill tweeted this week, The community I love, my home is hurting today. I stand with you, as I always have, but we are resilient. This is the moment to come together, stay united in our desire to improve our community, and fight. Onward toward November. She sent that tweet after the special election to fill her House seat was won by more than a thruple of votes by Republican and former Navy fighter pilot Mike Garcia. Garcia's win in California's 25th Congressional District was the first time Republicans had flipped a district in the Golden State since 1998. Garcia enjoyed the endorsement of President Trump and won by 12 points in a district in which Democrats have a 28,000 registered voter advantage over Republicans and did it in an election where the vast majority of votes were cast by mail. 
So the first question, Chris, we'll go to you for this. Katie Hill's former seat, as Aaron just pointed out, first Republican district flip in California this century, 22 years. Think back to 1998. Most people logged online to this. Right? Bill Clinton, still president of the United States. We were in the middle of the Ken Starr impeachment in 1998. All right? I mean, that is a long time ago. So, was it an outlier? Just, hey, man, if you cold call enough prospects, you ask enough chicks out, one of them's eventually going to say yes. Was it just that? You can't you can't be this futile for so long that eventually you're just going to roll seven at the craps table if you just try it enough times. Or was it an omen? Because it also happened on the exact same day that the state that that more and more of the state announced they were going to continue their ridiculous lockdowns. Chris, what do you think? I think it's more of an outlier. If you look before the 26th election, 2016 election, when this was a Clinton plus six district, it was a Republican held seat. And so what's going on here is the Dem- the people who are voting who are most likely to stay at home because of the lockdowns are Democratic voters. And this was previously a Republican held state. So I think just more Republicans showed up to the polls on election day, more Democrats stayed home to comply with the lockdown. And uh, it went and flipped back to being a Republican held seat. Uh, it, Even with the mail order I'm, voting, if you can mail order vote, why do you why do you need to go to to, to care about the virus? Yeah, I, I think even with the mail order voting, I, okay. I, I just uh, I don't. I'm always cautious about special elections because the conservative media, especially, tends to really hype them up and they get disappointed on election day. The same thing happened in 2018, where uh, we won that seat in Georgia, where John Ossoff was not running. And we uh, then later Connor Lamb won the Democrat in Pennsylvania, and so like I, I'm never going to read too much into it because elections are really just decided in the last two weeks. Nobody's paying attention. They're still thinking about how to feed their families, what to do about their job. They're not thinking about who they're voting for in November yet. They're going to start thinking about that in October, where it's going to be clear whether or not the opening up worked or if we're still shut down, whether sports are back, whether they're not. It's way too early to read anything out of this special election into November. And uh, that's what I think about it. Okay. I think I may disagree with your larger point about how to measure special elections. But let, let, let me see what they have to say first. Todd, what do you think? Uh, do, what, where specifically in California is this? Do we know? I, that I, I don't, I, I don't just know. Just north of Los Angeles. Okay. Okay. Well, well, then I was going to say, that, you know, there are parts of California that aren't totally insane, but just north of L.A., there's a good chance that it is. But I'll still I'll still say it's an outlier. And I couldn't I couldn't say it's an omen if I really if I if I don't if I believe in uh, the one who is dumbest last loses and I get to bring that up for the second time today it's been retired for a while but I couldn't actually believe in that and I do and think that this is ultimately an omen um, at this point I mean it, it I can see a scenario where we look back from November and say maybe it was but right now it would be premature to say so Okay, I, I think it could be an outlier, and I could still disagree with Chris's point about special elections, but I'll explain in a minute. Go ahead, Aaron, what do you think? So the last time prior to Katie Hill, which was 2018, that Republicans lost the district was uh, 1990. So it's, it's, as Chris was saying, this has historically been a Republican, a Republican one uh, district, despite the recent voter advantage, which is not any insignificant number, uh, almost 30,000 more Democrats registered in that district than Republicans, but it has historically been a Republican stronghold. So I I think that this is more of a 
Uh, well, it's 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 an outlier. Uh, well, it's not an it's not an outlier, but it's not an omen either. This is just more kind of reverting back to normal. I mean, 2018, as we all know, was a wave election for Democrats. Uh, so in wrong the house. place in the House. So wrong place at the wrong time uh, for whoever was sitting in that district. It just so happens that the uh, person who won that district uh, likes to do orgies or uh, yeah. throuples. So that's you know fortunate for the Republicans there. So it's it's an out. It's it's not an outlier, but it's not an omen either. I, I agree for the reasons you articulated, Aaron, that this could be an outlier because it was a seat previously held by Republicans in the in the district. I agree with that, but I I I I don't agree uh, that I, I think on a macro level, I can't think of a time in my career special elections have not been an omen that told us what was going to happen in the fall. Uh, and, and and that doesn't mean I disagree that with the amount of people like Chris pointed out that make up their minds late. But the first baseline that you have to excel at uh, in order to win in November, before you even care about what the late what late deciding people are going to do, you have to win the voter intensity argument with with your own base versus theirs. You have to win that. If you don't win that, you're not winning. You're not winning. You, you just don't win without. We, I mean, ask President Romney, ask President McCain. We've done all these exercises. Those you have to ask President Hillary. If you don't win that voter intensity metric before we even get to what the late deciders, and I think that's a better term than swing voters, because I don't think there are too many swing voters anymore, but I do think there are more and more late deciders, because more and more people are voting based off of who I hate less than anything affirmative, okay? So they're not swing voters, they're just waiting for the bile to die down at the last minute, and then they're gonna, they're gonna you know, grin and bear it, right? Um, but I do think, you know, I go back to the example that Chris mentioned, the John Ossoff. I mean, he ran against a woman who, you know, was a statewide candidate in Georgia and still almost won that race. That was a bad sign for Republican voter enthusiasts. John Ossoff got to one million individual donors faster than Barack Obama did when he ran for president for the first time in 08. You look at the special elections in Pennsylvania, those were omens, bad omens of what was going to happen in House races. I go back to the Tea Party years, Scott Brown upsetting uh, Ted Kennedy and the, the sorts of things that we saw there with, with those special elections that went on there. Chris Christie in the, mid, in the odd year midterms with Chris Christie and the guy, the governor in Virginia who then went to prison and then apparently was innocent. I can't remember his name. But I oh, actually, Donald. thank you. I, I actually think that in my, for the, the, in my career, these have been about the best barometers of what's going to happen in November because they show who's on the ground and motivated and, and whose who's base is, is where the intensity is at. It's also why when you read polls now, I would advise you as a guy that's worked in this industry to read and trust the fewest amount of polls you ever have in your life this cycle between the amount of lies that everybody thinks is okay to be told and the technological revolutions of how we get a hold of people and everything else. But in the past, when you've seen polls that show, hey, this is a, it, it, well, the, the polls in 2010 were biased to Republicans. I mean, they're skewed plus three, four Republican. Uh, they were biased in 2012 plus five, six. That measures voter intensity. People are most likely to vote tend to be the most responsive in polls. So I, I do think that that these sorts of off year or special elections can be a barometer. But given the unique circumstances of this one that you guys have described, that could still mean, though, that this one is an outlier. But if I'm Democrats and I've got mail order voting and I've got a 30,000 voter registration advantage and I've got a governor with a 64% approval rating, 
I cannot lose that seat. And if I do, I can't lose it by 12 freaking points. Okay. Trust me, regardless of what they're saying to us, the, the, the margin is what they're more concerned about on the other side more than anything sure. else. Exit question. When Joe Biden eventually testifies under oath, he doesn't remember being involved in the unmasking of General Flynn. Will that actually be perjury? Aaron. <laughs> See what and, I did there? Asked and answered. Chris? Um, he won't get in trouble for it. Media, the media won't go after him, so you know Republicans won't feel like they have to do anything about it. I feel like Shannon Joy is here this week. <laughs> Chris is just refusing to conform to any question I ask at the end. All right, there's, it's, it's, it's certainly comforting. You're not as cute as she is, but we'll take it. All right, issue four. Take what I can get. <laughs> Which coronavirus cliche do you hate the most? Cliches are a thing because almost always there's a modicum of truth to them, except when it comes to Wuhan coronavirus. And we'll get through this. Together. 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 We're all in this together. We've been hearing the term flatten the curve a lot. The term flatten the curve comes from a 2007 paper. New York is flattening the curve. We are seeing the curve start to flatten and they flatten the curve. To do my part to flatten the curve. And that's what flattening the curve looks like. I don't know. I don't know. I think we have to follow the science. We have to follow the science on this. Follow the science. Listen to Dr. Fauci. Follow science. Look, I think they will let science lead the way. The rules from the governor may change, but the underlying science has not. Paying attention to science. It's a science-led approach. And it's one of the features of the UK government, which is unique almost in the world, the extent to which scientific advice is properly embedded. We have to be guided by science in all of this. I'm your biggest fan, trust in everything I just found him riveting and um, unbelievably attractive and charismatic. I just thought, wow, this guy, I thought he was really sexy. That is parody. That is not satire. That woman is a hardcore leftist. Oh my gosh. I, how did I not know about that? I know, because I am I live in Iowa. And we don't know about things like that video, because we don't do stuff like that. Because we're not morons, idiots. Let's get to the first question. Just, just to be clear, that's, you, you're not lying right there, Aaron? That's for real. So there's a difference between parody no, and I know satire. That, but that chick... That. She's a hardcore lefty. Which that is not satire. That would be great satire if it was. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. Which coronavirus cliche do you hate the most? A, we're all in this together. B, flatten the curve. C, we have to follow the science. D, listen to the experts. E, any, any of the Fauci fawning. And I think you know which one I'm on the record with. All right, because he's the biggest freaking fraud, or he's at least one of them I have ever encountered in my entire career is one Anthony Fauci. All right. So I'm reminded of the line Bruce Willis says in the last Boy Scout when they're beginning to torture him. And he says, and then this torturer says, I want to hear you scream. And he says, play some rap music. Indeed, you want to hear me scream? Start the Fauci fawning. I would rather let them take splinters, rusty splinters under my nails in Pyongyang. 
right? I'd rather that toothless dude in Indiana shouting Goldman Sachs at, at Ted Cruz on the last day of the Indiana primary read me freaking Agamemnon than any of the Fauci fawning. Todd, you? This is very hard. If this was like a buffet at a restaurant, which won't exist anymore, I'd just be piling up my plate. But I'm going to go uh, with we're all in this together. It's, we're and, all in this the, the, together. It's, it's one thing if people were just kind of throwing that out in a newscast and trying. I think Matthew McConaughey came on and just tried to be the dude that he is and said, come on, man, let's love each other. I get it. But it's the, it's the corporatizing oh, yeah. of it. That That's how you know it's a scam. Absolutely. makes yeah. me sick. And I'm sorry. I've seen now too many instances of cops arresting moms and throwing them on the ground and subways and and playgrounds while their toddlers watch. You know, we're not all in this together. Sorry. Aaron, quickly, what's your favorite or hated, most hated? We're all in this together because the same people who say that are the same people who are uh, taking courses from Johns Hopkins and contact tracing and snitching on their neighbors. So, yes, we're all in this together unless you're not. Chris, quickly. I hate it all, but follow the science because science by its very nature gets everything wrong before Mm -hmm. it gets it right. Mm -hmm. Not to mention there's been plenty of science that has defied this lockdown strategy the whole time. It just got ignored. All right, let's get to predictions. Aaron, go. There will be butts in seats at uh, California football stadiums this fall. Don't know how many, but there will be butts in seats. I have a similar prediction. I I think all of the Pac-12 schools, every last one of them will play some form of college football this fall. So I'll follow up since we had similar ones. Chris? Uh, lockdowns nationwide will be over by the latest June, July 1st. Todd? And it just people... Oh, go ahead, Chris. Finish up. Uh, people are just not going to take it. They're going to civilly disobey and the government's going to figure out and we can't do this. Okay, we'll start reopening. Uh, if there's right now, Iowa is trying very hard. We have, we're unique. We have baseball and softball in the summer, high school baseball and softball. And I, there was this news story yesterday. They're, they're trying very hard to make up any excuse they can not to happen. If Donald Trump is serious about having kids go back to school, there's a laboratory for it this summer. He will start tweeting hard at the state of Iowa to make sure that this really is a field of dreams and kids are playing baseball and softball. You should tweet that out there. I'm trying to get his attention. I just decided I'll, I, I, I can. I'll, I'll see if I can get anybody over there at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue's attention. They were, they were sending me some stuff they wanted me to say today. Maybe I'm, I'm telling them, hey, you need to say what I want you to say for once. All right? Amen. All right. All right. Good to see you, Chris. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. You bet. Take care. Uh, the You're right. The corporatizing, though, of, of you're all and the fact they had it all teed up oh yeah i mean they had these ad, these ads were on the air like almost in, in just days after it's this the began. netflix and chill of corporate america yes, coronavirus which means yeah. they were literally coordinating with government and everything yeah. else to have this out there to propagandize yeah. us with this messaging yes from the get-go and that's how you know right away that it's fake Right. That, yeah. That's how you know that it's a scam. The fact that they were ready to go and ready to capitalize on it. All right. We come back here with hour two. Can I say something I'm not supposed to say in conservative media? Yeah, you must. I, I have no idea if Tara Reid's allegations are correct or not. But the defense that the Biden people came out with today. With 74 former staffers. Biden going on television and saying, hey, if you think I did this, don't vote for me. That's, I got to say, I think that's a pretty effective counter. Just to, looking at it politically, I don't know what happened. I don't know that we'll ever know what happened. But I, that, that's probably the most effective counter they had. 
and they went with it. I don't care. Okay. All right. Feedback Friday is next. Hour two coming your way right here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Stay tuned. We're back with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. Don't forget, Friday is the deadline, which is today. Today is your deadline to take advantage of our biggest discount ever for Blaze TV. BlazeTV.com slash Dace, promo code Steve. BlazeTV.com slash Dace, promo code Steve. $30 off an annual subscription to Blaze TV, but it expires today. That's just five bucks and change a month. BlazeTV.com slash Dace and use the promo code Steve. 888-900-3393. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email us. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. And don't forget, you'll find clips of this show that you can sample and share at youtube.com slash Steve Dace. And then finally, if you are a podcast listener, thank you if you've left us a five-star review. Thousands of you have already done that. But if you've yet to do so and you really dig the show, we could certainly use your help too. So please keep those five-star reviews coming. And thank you very much if you already have. Feedback Friday, part one, brought to you by Freedom Financial, the anxiety and stress caused by debt can be overwhelming. It makes you feel alone, like there's no way out, especially at a time like what's going on in our country right now. But there is a way out. You don't have to go through this alone. And Freedom Debt Solutions is here to help. There is no one-size-fits-all solution to getting out of debt. So Freedom Debt Solutions has more than 400 debt experts standing by to recommend the right solution for your specific situation. No matter which situation you may qualify for, Freedom Debt Solutions can help you get rid of expensive credit card debt faster than you can on your own with one low affordable monthly program payment. Since 2002, Freedom Debt Solutions has served over 750,000 clients, settled over 2.7 million accounts, and settled over 10 billion with a B, $10 billion in debt. So if you've got $10,000 or more in credit card debt, and you're struggling to make those monthly payments, there is hope. Stop the stress and anxiety that debt is causing. Find out how you can talk to a Freedom Debt Solutions expert and get your free personalized debt consultation today. Go to freedomdebtsolutions.com slash Steve. Freedomdebtsolutions.com slash Steve. That's freedomdebtsolutions.com slash Steve. I want to begin... Feedback Friday with a note I just received in the last break from Len Savitsky. I want to share this with you guys and get your take on it. Consider this with Garcia's special election win in California. Not only was it a Republican held seat beforehand and the Fruit Loop Hill won in a fluke, recall the current liberal push, mail in ballots. California has already passed that, so it's already right there. Now they want it nationally. That's their narrative. Could it be they allowed Garcia to win with all those mail-in ballots if they contested it that destroys their stupid narrative nationally? So now if Republicans complained about the mail-in voting, the idiots can say, hey, but you guys just won in California, and that was predominantly mail-in, and you guys won. Well, P.S. Anthony Fauci is still a tool. All right. I like the last part. What do you guys think of his uh, attempt at four-dimensional chess there? Yeah, it's definitely too four-dimensional. I mean, if you weigh a number of factors, she is 
you know, hot garbage and toxic and they just need to move away from it instead of dying. And, and on she it. won't go away. She keeps yeah, and commenting yeah. and everything else. Yeah. And not die on that hill combined with, I mean, if they saw the, the math that you're seeing and like, you know, yeah, let's like live to fight another uh, day on um, that battle too. Uh, yeah. I can see it as being a, something that the, the people there in California weighed and measured on some level. I will acknowledge that much. What do you think, Aaron? I'm still... This has been a historically, as we said, Republican seat. And yes, Hillary Clinton won by six points. And then uh, Katie Hill won in 2018, won that seat in 2018. That was the first uh, Democrat since uh, 1990 or before 1990 to win that seat. So I'm not really buying any four-dimensional chess quite yet. I think that's just... Um, that's too many, that's too many, uh, factors. It's like what you say when, when a buy, sell or hold suggestion comes in with too many different moving parts, it's, there's too many different moving parts, uh, until, you know, until it starts going the other direction in, you know, in, in, you know, uh, you know, statewide elections as well. You know, maybe maybe we can talk about that. I don't. I just don't think there's much <laughs> much to talk about. I mean, it was a Republican-controlled district. Katie Hill was the blip in a blip election because that's what midterms are, and now it's kind of reverting back to the to the mean in a uh, in an election that happened in May. You know, in in a special election, I, I just think there's. I just think it's it's not out of the ordinary. I think Linda is onto something. And I think I we don't need, think so. and I think, and, and I think we need to start at least considering these sorts of things when analyzing events well, from cra- this time forward. Crazy voices in your head. Yeah, I'm yeah. fine with the, it. Yeah. The, the, now you have to understand, though. You know, when you dot connecting can drive you. Can 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 my inbox? God bless you. God bless every one of you. But some of y'all have just gone bat poop crazy trying to dot connect, right? But let me say this, though. That's where the margin for error, I believe, needs to be going forward. I would have done this show previously with the margin for error against the side of dot connecting at this level. I would do a 180 based on what I've experienced just in my own career for the last few years. I mean, if you would have grabbed me and told me. I mean, a friend of mine just sent me a text about an hour ago. Could you imagine going into the Washington Post newsroom in January or February and just telling all those people that um, Mike Flynn was going to get exonerated and just what their reactions would be? Right. Right. Forget the Washington Post newsroom. You'd grab me here in the hallway a couple months ago and said to me, hey, Mike Flynn's going to get exonerated and here's how it's going to go down. An FBI agent is literally going to write in his own hand, in the case notes, they're trying to entrap him. If, 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 if you would have told me that, told me that a couple months ago, what would, what, what would my reaction have been to that? Wow. I might have been like, no way. But then I were coming out of Epstein didn't kill himself and everything else. I at least would have said, I still can't see it. But I would have hesitated before saying it. Grab me in 2017, 2016 and tell me that. Oh, well, yeah. I'd have said, you're, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. It happened. It happened. 10 minutes after the first docu-dump of Jeffrey Epstein comes out and Prince Andrew and uh, who else got mentioned in there? George Mitchell, the old Senate Majority uh-huh. Leader and a bunch of people got mentioned in that, right? 
10 minutes after that happened, they basically murdered him in broad daylight and, and, and are still going with the story that, uh, the surveillance system in a maximum security camera or maximum security prison just happened to fail while they were doing it. I mean, how is what Len is suggesting any crazier? than the no. actual news going, we've covered. Just going with Occam's razor, that's all. So it's is always, he. He is too. He is too. No, it's not. That's not Tell me how it's not Occam's razor. There's too many. So there's like a par... Yeah. So there's this is like a parlay in gambling. The more, the more factors you start adding in, the lower the odds. I'm going with one factor, and that's historical data. That's Occam's razor, Steve. Okay. I disagree with that. And you're <laughs> right that that's one... That, that you could view it that way. But, but it's, we have to... <laughs> I, I get that we have to listen to the crazy voices in our yeah, head. I'm just I, saying as a matter of analysis, Occam's race, we can take that into account when previously that would have been dismissed. Okay. But that's not the same as saying, oh, no, I mean, Occam's razor is Occam's razor. doesn't mean we're we willing just to have accept to Occam's razor that five steps happened that they murdered Jeffrey Epstein in broad daylight rather than he just happened to have a rope and hung himself. We took Occam's, yeah, see, Occam's razor said, well, there's no way that he did that. So we're willing to accept in some situations, we're willing to say five steps to Occam's razor works, not just one. Right. That's not five steps to Occam's razor. Well, that's a that's a proposition. I'm, I'm putting my thumbs up, thumbs down for those uh, listening. Occam's razor is with Jeffrey Epstein. Do we believe that somebody who has dirt on tons of people just managed to hang himself? Yes mm-hmm. or no? Uh, Occam's razor would okay. say no. All right, now now we're getting to where I think is the is the right Occam's razor conversation here. And for those of you wondering what that means, it's essentially whichever take whichever typically whatever whatever outcome requires the least or analysis the least amount of assumptions is true. Okay, because it takes into account human nature is not capable of pulling off in most instances four dimensional chess at that level. Right, but. I think there's a case to, for Occam's razor to be made based on what we just were talking about with Epstein from the standpoint of they're pushing national mail-in ballots all over the country right now. It's one of their, it's their, Nancy Pelosi's got in her next stimulus bill. It's their, like their, it's their number one thing right now. And we, we have an election, a special, the first time we have a special election anywhere with mail-in ballots, the Republican wins in a massive Upset by 12 points in a district that there was a 30,000 voter registration disadvantage. I don't think that takes 75 leaps at all. If we already, if, if, what is, what's the reason we're opposed to mail-in balloting? Why are we opposed to it? Because we know that they can use it to steal elections, right? I, so if we, if, if that's, if we don't believe they can use it to steal elections, then why would we, why would we be opposed to it? We're only I, opposed to it for that reason. I, th- there's there there. But is it, now that doesn't mean he's right. I just I brought this up just because I think we need to begin asking ourselves some of these questions. I mean, we just last hour you just pointed out the California University system says we're shutting down for the fall. Meanwhile, the most academically elite university in the entire state. The highest yeah. rate, higher than Berkeley, higher than USC, that all these Hollywood stars risk prison to get their kin into. The highest rated university, the most critically acclaimed university in the entire state has been writing since John Ioannidis' paper on March 17th or 21st, whatever it was. They've been calling BS on this whole thing the entire time. And they're literally just the people running the university system are acting like, what's a Stanford? We don't know what it is, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think we just need to consider when you're in the middle of a civil war 
that that previous standard, previous modus operandi, you know, MOs, modus operandi, stand, you know, standard operating procedures are out the window. I agree. Now I'm also should... maybe losing my mind because I I'm radicalized right now, no, it... and I, I may be I may be overreacting. That's both, possible too. You're both right. It's it's something to consider, but it's also with this if if this was not a a classic Republican, um, at least middle ground, and if this was somebody like a favorite daughter, like Ocasio Cortez. Mm-hmm. would they let's say they did try that in this case would they have tried it in that no, case no this no this is the so, perfect setup yeah they so there's yeah. there's just multiple varials going on you can consider when, without marrying your one to the death that's now that's the point. aaron is probably right <laughs> all right well, but i think it's i think this stuff we need to consider yes. these things in ways i would have never done yes. so before yeah i would think aaron i know I think, aaron and, agrees and, with and, that and, and no, i, I think there's much. like 80 percent odds aaron is right but i would have told you this kind of an email was was a negative integer chance a couple years ago now i think it's 10 to 20 percent sure okay <laughs> Let's go to let's let's stick with the state of California. I'm going to leave this person anonymous at their request. I'm an epidemiologist and one of the largest academic state universities in California. Let me tell you what I see as boots on the ground. Coronavirus is a family of viruses that cause the common cold. Um, the current coronavirus is found in the wild in bats that live away from humans. Wuhan Virology Lab was experimenting with this virus to do what virologists do. See if the virus can jump species. And the answer to this one is yes, by the way. When COVID-19 began to cause cases in Wuhan much earlier than reported in December of 2019, the WHO relied on Chinese scientists' reports of no person-to-person transmission as no one could enter China to verify what was being reported. As epidemiologists, we questioned this because there were too many cases reported for this just to simply be foodborne or waterborne as the source, meaning that there had to be community spread. That's what this person means. Fast forward to community spread in the U.S., because travel was not restricted until January 31st, we knew that community spread would be a mathematical explosion. Two cases, four cases, eight cases, 16, and so on, meaning they just would keep doubling. CDC has bungled this from the beginning. The call to use N95 respirator masks was and is ridiculous. All coronaviruses are droplet spread when coughed or sneezed out. The heavy wet droplets do not stay airborne. They fall to the ground in a six foot radius. All these reports of airborne spread from are from labs doing theoretical spread. Basically, they're blasting droplets under pressure that no human could ever produce on their own with a sneeze and then reporting them as airborne spread. A surgical or cloth mask is sufficient to prevent droplets of these kinds from spreading. Masks are another topic. If one puts the mask over the mouth and the nose and and not touch the outside of the mask, that's good protection. Washing your hands after touching the mask, etc. Tests are done by PCR method. For those of you that don't know what that means, it means they can get down to the, the smallest molecular level of viral infection in a, in, a, in, a, in your body to, to see if you have it. That's what that means. I think that's what it means. Tests are done by PCR method, which looks for the DNA of the virus. DNA can be found in dead or live virus presences. Someone could be no longer infectious with COVID-19 and have PCR positive results on testing. COVID-19 has been found to take about eight days to be eliminated by the body. No live virus has been found from day nine or beyond. And we're doing these 14-day quarantines. Quarantine orders were done because CDC couldn't logically figure out how COVID-19 was actually spread. Had someone with knowledge and clout recently come out with a plan that everyone mask, no quarantine would have been required. Hand washing and mask education would be necessary, but way more reasonable to do than what we did. 
Right now, nurses see the CDC website requiring N95s and, de and, and now demand their use, even though we have lots of data that say no employee wearing a surgical mask has acquired COVID-19, the CDC won't retract that. If CDC doesn't, the state and federal regulators won't either. And that's why there's a shortage of these, even though after the 2009 H1N1 outbreak, we knew then there would be a shortage if we ever had a real pandemic, but no planning or stockpiling after 2009 took place. Any thoughts on that note? There's a lot there. And perhaps what I'm about to say is a tangent, but if what you're, if what you're saying is if we had all just from the get-go worn masks, I think that's what I heard that it was essentially that's been, one of the big takeaways from what they said. Yes, and that and that and that and that alone, we wouldn't have had to lock down like we did, and things would have gone much better on multiple levels. Uh, that's I'm I'm all ears on that. But here's what I'm going to need: if, if if this is also an argument for making masks going forward, all the people who told us not to do that and literally told us not to do that, not wear masks, they all need to step forward, including Dr. Fauci, and apologize for what they've done to this nation, nation that they were wrong, and that this whole mask thing right now is an attempt to make it right. If you do that, I'll wear a mask. But otherwise, you're just you're still part of a scam, and you're lying. Not, not the letter writer. But if you're not willing to concede that much, no, I'm not going to be your pawn. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm, I mean, I still don't know about masks are we supposed to wear them what kind of masks i mean i get there are there are different different types of actual masks that can filter things that come into you but most of the time the masks are worn to supposedly protect others from you mm -hmm. essentially mm -hmm. and cloth masks don't do jack squat they just don't there's numerous studies about that now and 95s they do do something they filter filter actually coming in incoming 95 percent of non-oil particle uh, particulate matter uh so that's cool but not everybody has n95s uh so i i just the whole the whole mask thing i and i don't want to go on too big of a tangent here if you would have asked me two weeks ago what i thought about mask wearing ambivalent it's just now Masks are being used, and I'm not saying this emailer is, is doing that at all. Masks are being used as a tool of the virtue signalers to bludgeon you into uh, some sort of admission that uh, this virus is worse than you thought and or you hate grandpa and or you uh, are some sort of uh, phony tough guy. And that's all that's being used for right now. Just like the virus was at the very beginning, it was a tool to, for the virtue signalers to get their virtue signal on the masks are now a tool for the virtue signalers to get their virtue signaling on and all that's being used for right now is virtue signaling and can i say virtue signaling one more time it's, probably yes because that's all that's all that i see this is right now it's that seinfeld episode who who will not wear the ribbon it's that's what it is and that that bothers me because it makes it hard for us to know what is real information yeah. what is not. yes it's impossible like if they would have told us in in mid to late february early march guys hey this thing is here and we're seeing we're, we're really concerned about community spread so cdc is advising particularly especially in the winter time all right because when, when i say you don't need to wear a mask outdoors i'm not talking about like january i'm talking about like right now okay but there still has not been a single single uh, there's been over 300 studies of this none of them have cited um, in outdoor transmission as a, as a major problem with this virus all over the world. That being said, if they would have told us in mid late February, early March, Hey, 
CDC, next 30 days, we need everybody, when you're outside your home, we need you wearing a mask. Before we went down all the other roads with this virus, we went down. What would we have said at that time? Well, that's what I'm telling you. I would have I, gladly you. heard you I out. Yeah, I would have. But too. there's more. There's other things we're fighting besides the virus. There's a video out today of a guy on a mountain bike going down a trail with a GoPro on, coming at him walking is a woman. So they're opposite directions. Mm-hmm. He flies by her. Yeah. But this thing has audio. You can hear her say, "That's not proper social distancing." Yeah, I know. That we're dealing with insanity. Well, that's goes, what we are fighting. One of the things I'm thinking about doing next week is going and getting the first article I wrote for the Blaze about this, laying out the case against the lockdowns and the questions that had to be answered. And one of the and and seeing you know two months later, how much of this turned out to be right on the money and how much of it we were wrong about. And one of the phrases I use in that piece is there's the pathology of the virus and the psychology of the, of the public policy. And that's what you're just talking yes. about. The, the psych, the psychology, um, along with it. And, and, and then I go to, and maybe the white house is commanding this. I don't know, but can someone explain to me why for two months the, we had a daily white house press briefings indoors and they weren't wearing masks and now we're having them outdoors when it's when it's a lot warmer and hotter out. Yeah. And now that we're talking about reopening, they're all out, outdoors wearing masks. Now I, now, I don't think the White House is demanding this because Kaylee McEnany is not wearing one when she's conducting the press briefing. And neither is the president. OK, so yep, yep. all these reporters are now that now that the now that the narrative is turned to opening yes. the country up. Now, suddenly they're they're sitting outside. It's 75 degrees in D.C. and the cherry blossoms are blooming out, out behind the White House. And these these idiots are wearing masks. Why weren't they wearing masks in March when it was 25 degrees because and rainy that's when the they were all point. indoors doing these briefings every that's day. What, I'm not going to be your point. They're all trying to redefine reality. In yes. the case I just mentioned, this woman could, if she was really that deeply concerned about it as a non psychologist why are you even out? No, she, well, or she, she would have the one, it's much easier for you. There's a bike coming at me. Yeah. I will go 10 feet right. off the path. She doesn't do that because she's more interested in her psychosis, her narrative, her virtue signaling. Yes. I'm not playing your game in fact that biker just kept going i'm stopping and you and i are going to have a conversation and you are not going to like yesterday's the first time unless there was something at work i couldn't do it yesterday's the first time in years we have we we do the same bi-weekly every pay period that's when we do all our grocery shopping costco and walmart every time right yesterday's the first time and i don't know maybe ever since i've been a member to costco that it what that i had the time to go and chose not to and it was strictly because I didn't want to wear a mask. If they would have asked me all those times, starting in March 11th, if, if, how come I didn't have to wear a mask to start with? And now I do, that we're reopening? Because again, that's not about public health. You're worried about lawsuits. And that's where, that's a, that's a, that's a virtue signaling version of tort reform, tort protection. Yeah. That's what that is. You can't sue me. I made you wear a mask. If you come in here and get infected, you know, then it, it, that's on you. You took that responsibility on yourself. And it just makes it real difficult for us to know what's right and what's wrong. Because in this world, you will have many troubles, right? We live in a fallen world. All of creation groans mm-hmm. with that fall. There are times in this world that we need to do things that inconvenience us because there are things that endanger us, right? 
I would imagine there was a lot of debates in the 70s and 80s about why do I have to wear a seatbelt all the time? My mom was smoking Pall Malls and she put me in her lap and drove the Buick down the street and look how I turned out, right? Right, mm -hmm. okay. Uh, there are things, in, forces at work in this world that require us to inconvenience ourselves. We're not immortal in a physical sense anyway. And, and, and there are things at work in this world, pestilences, um, you know, inf things that can do terrible damage. Are we really sitting here saying that there's never a time ever that, an, that Americans, I mean, we've talked before about how previous generations fought the Spanish flu and still won World War I. Have you guys seen the photos though? Yeah, they went to all the sporting events were all sold out. Did you guys see what they're all doing when they were sitting in the stands? Have you seen those photos? They're all wearing masks. Same people that just that just won World War One. They're they're all at the game, but they're all wearing masks. So are we going to really sit here and say there's never a time for that we would ever have to do this? That it wouldn't be prudent for us to do this? Does that seem like a mature, adult view of the world either? That there's no such thing as mortality? That there's no such thing as danger? Of course not, right? Is there a time that you think you might have to wear a mask? Yeah. That something could happen in this world like, that would cause it, that? It could have been this time. And it could have even been this time. But you told time. me this lie and yep. this lie Agree with and that this too. lie and yes. this lie and this lie. And now you're going to try this one and now you're going to Screw you. And now you're going to tell me that, that unless I'm in a nursing home, I'm, no one's getting this. Literally no one in America right now, not in a nursing home, statistically insignificant percentages are getting this or having it infect them after they do. And now, and now that the warm weather is going to be here for the rest of the summer and we're all reopening up, now you're telling me I have to wear a mask and I didn't have to do that when I, when I went to Lowe's, Costco and Walmart in March and April when it was cold and cloudy and, and, and it was far more it's widespread. It's not that they didn't mention it. It's that they told you the opposite yes, then, Steve. Yes, I, I agree with that. I agree. And it just, it just made, it, 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 it's getting harder to know what the truth is and where to even go for it. <sighs> Brennan writes, one of the things these lockdowns over COVID-19 have demonstrated is that there is a percentage of Americans that do not care about freedom. I'm appalled by this and I'm reeling in shock. I've witnessed droves of people it feels overwhelming on social media, viciously attacking their fellow Americans over their opposition to these lockdown orders. They don't even think the American people should get a say. They protect corrupt and hypocritical politicians who don't even follow their own orders. I can't believe our fellow Americans are not only going along with this, but rapidly promoting it and verbally assailing anyone who would call it into question. Brennan, I, can totally I love you, brother. It. I love you, brother. Okay. I love you. 60 million people voted for Hillary Clinton to be the president of the United States in 2016. Is this really new to you? 12 million people voted for Bernie Sanders to be the Democratic nominee in 2016. Is, is, is this really a surprise? Now, it, you, you may be more aware of it than you were before. Barack Obama won the presidency on government taking over your health care. Every Democrat other than Joe Biden ran on Medicare for all. And Biden's policy is essentially Medicare for all by another name. No, no. This virus did not create any fissure. It exacerbated and further illuminated the fracture and fissure that was already there. Like Donald Trump did. Yes. This hasn't changed yeah. the game at all. 
it just made it zanier, more prevalent than it was before. It sped That's it all. up. Yes. It was a steroid. Yeah, yes. Yep. Now, now you just, now, now you might be more aware of it than you were before. That's a good, but, that might be the best silver lining of all of this. That could be true too. But I, I mean, what, what did you think people were voting Democrat for all this time? The people of California, do you think they're shocked to learn? Now, now they're, now they're, now they're getting pissy because they're idols, the beach park football, like the stuff they care about. That's not going too far here. Now, now that, now that their idols are under the gun. Now, when it's your gun store, yeah. when it's your Facebook page where you want to speak freely, they don't, I mean, I mean, I, well, you know, you've got to be more responsible and we got to trust government here, but now that it's their idols, now they're getting pissy. But they signed up for everything but their idols a long time ago. This is this isn't this didn't create anything new. It just shined a cosmic light on what was already there. And that's why for a long time we've been trying to tell you, like, for example, even with the police by a lot of conservative defaults to supporting the police. That's not a terrible instinct but it's we've been telling you they're the they're the part of government with the sticks and the guns you you got to hold them accountable to your conservative standards just like everybody else and here they are in many places all too happy to arrest moms in front of their toddlers and throw them to the ground you know that that's what we've been trying to tell you for a long time who they are we'll come back more feedback friday here live and on demand on blaze tv radio and podcast in a moment There's something you might not know about your dog's food, that dry kibble stuff. There's nothing alive in it. Food like that has to have a long shelf life. So the manufacturers essentially have to sterilize that food and strip it of all the live uh, cultures and organisms in it. Same thing they do to our food, which is why we're taking so many supplements today. Well, your dog needs that nutrition put back in its diet as well. That's why you want to get a premium dog food supplement like Rough Grains. It isn't a dog food. It's a powder that you sprinkle on your dog's food for them. I put it on Cap's food today ate his breakfast right up. So apparently it tastes great. He loves it. All right. So it also contains massive amounts of vitamins, minerals, digestive enzymes, probiotics, even omega oils and antioxidants. That's the kinds of things that support healthy skin and coat, joint health, mobility, improved digestion, etc. And best of all, it tastes great, apparently. So, hey, if you want to take the Rough Greens 14-day Jumpstart Challenge for your pet, it's just $14.95 right now. $14.95 for 14 days. When you go to roughgreens.com slash blaze, that's R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com slash blaze. I'm going to lose it. Okay? You're welcome. And it's your fault. You're welcome. It's your fault. I'm your editor. No, you're... you're I you're, can... you're, you're I control information that comes in and out. Okay. You're you're a bad influence and um you're my pusher at this point. Okay? Are you you're singing a love song to me that's just beautiful. I I I I'm gonna lose it. Okay. Get the get out of here, man. Are you kidding me? I know. That's why she's out there in the broad daylight today wearing a mask now. Behind the president at a press conference. The man who told you two months ago not to do that very thing. How does he still have a job? Now that we're talking about reopening, here come the masks. 
You're being played, folks. I'm going to say some things. I, I can't. But I'm gonna. It's the um. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn my head away from this microphone for a minute. You know that scene in the Age of Ultron where Ultron. This is, this is gonna sound like Steven Crowder yeah. and not Steve Dace here in a minute, okay? Because I'm I've I finna had it. There's no okay? strings on me. Okay. I I enough. Get the out of here, okay? Enough. What a freaking fraud. Just a fraud. It's worm tongue. Total worm tongue. I mean, I, I'm just, this is, it's puking my mouth bad. Now that we're, now that we're reopening and we're outdoors in the sun in the middle of May, now comes the mask. I tell you, man, I'm just, oh, I'm really frustrated with the whole thing. Now I've got an itch on my forehead too. I'm sure Fauci will give you a cream for that. Let's get back to the uh, Feedback Friday, shall we? <laughs> Before we're all deplatformed, okay? Scott Miller says I'm a service tech. I can't get back to that. Uh, Saw the picture, the thought bubble in my head. I wish ever, I was alone in the room. Can't wait to show Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a service tech for a propane and oil company in the Shenandoah Valley in Virginia. I'm on call and received an after hours call the other night about a propane leak. I responded to the home of a firefighter who was still in his uniform. I got out of the service truck and while maintaining social distancing, asked if he and his wife would like me to put on a mask and latex gloves, you know, the Corona condom. I had not heard that before, but that's funny. Uh, they said no, and I went to work, discovered, diagnosed, repaired their leak, restored their heat and hot water. As I was ready to leave, the first responder stuck out his hand to thank me. I paused and then instantly stuck my hand out and we shook hands. It was great. Just two dudes restoring a small part of the dude code. This simple gesture was more meaningful than I could ever have imagined. A first responder and a service tech thumbing our nose at Governor Blackface, Dr. Fauci, and this cultural madness. Our parting words to each other were, be careful out there. <clears throat> a mutual acknowledgement of respect that he would run into a burning house for me and that I'd leave my dinner table tonight to make sure he and his family were safe from a propane leak. I find some encouragement in this and hope you do too. We're still Americans, damn it. That's what we do. We help each other even when it sucks. Right on, Scott. I got something right now I'd like to help myself to. But it usually comes with a misdemeanor at least. I like to help myself to some of that. I like to shake Dr. Fauci's hand, so to speak. I like to give him a real, real firm handshake. I've been an occasional listener of yours for a while, but in the midst of this pandemic, I've been listening daily. The truth and research and journalism you guys have presented on your show has given me a filter for interpreting all the information and claims being thrown at me about this virus. And that has been invaluable. Even more so, I listen because your show gives me hope. I'm a university student studying computer science. My school told all the students not to come back after spring break. 
my car and many of my belongings are still there while I'm with my family in another state. The internship I had lined up for this summer was canceled as a result of the lockdowns. The company I had to choose between canceling or the company had to choose between canceling its internships or laying off its current employees. So now I'm scrambling to figure out how to make up for that lost opportunity this summer. I still don't know anybody who's died of coronavirus. I'm worried about the future, about what the job market will look like when I graduate. I clearly hate my elderly. Sorry, I threw that in. Uh, about what our country will look like when I start a family, about what it may be like to practice my faith in the wake of this disruption, etc. But listening to your show gives me hope that there's a way out, that something can and is being done to fight against the petty tyranny that is emerging, and that there is some sort of light at the end of the tunnel. It helps me keep chugging along day after day. You guys have done some amazing work keeping you in my prayers. That's from Michael. Michael, I have something you can pray for me for right now. Imprecatory prayers? Uh, that I don't I don't, I don't end up violently lashing out. Could use that prayer right now. I thought when we got to the emails, I was going to get over that photo you showed me. I was confident you wouldn't. I'm not over it. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't see myself getting over it, frankly, anytime soon. Would you like to see my mask, Mr. Dace? He's now wearing a mask in the broad 75 degree sunlight now that we're reopening. Benny writes, what would have been the scenario of how this played out were it not a presidential election year? That is an excellent question, Benny. That is a phenomenal question. It also matters who's in the White House right now. If Hillary Clinton were president right now, I, and I really believe this, now, we, before we got to coronavirus, we'd have had how many other, how many other problems? Our problems would have had problems, right? You know what I'm saying? Okay. We, I mean, our, we, <laughs> I don't know how you can have, be any form of conservative and not argue, regardless of whether you voted for Trump last time and we'll do it this time. I, I don't know how you can be any form of non-communist and argue. You are better off that Donald Trump won than Hillary Clinton. Can we all stipulate to that first of all? Right. Yeah, stipulate. Okay. But when we came to this juncture, I really believe this. If Hillary Clinton had won the presidency, things would be a lot different right now. I don't think there'd be any lockdowns. I don't. Do you remember about a month ago, more than a month, we had this conversation. We both kind of blew yep. each other's mind because yep. it depended on the double-mindedness that they woke up. We yep. could have seen her either having, like, rub some dirt on it. We're all going to be fine. No lockdowns. No matter what was happening in old folks' homes. Or tanks in the street and total, you know, even... Or if we did that, it would have stopped the minute we had 15 million unemployed, like, the first month. And now we're yeah. past. We'd have never hit, never hit 30 million unemployed. Never. The the, the, the media and the, and the forces that drove the, our government to do this would have i mean folks hillary clinton i'll just say it hillary clinton could have gone to the white house in her best benny hinn pantsuit and said and uh, in order to fight coronavirus i'm announcing these two measures because we can't risk our economic well-being uh there's a greater role here to play when you're the united states of america so i'm quarantining new york city quarantining it right now and Anybody who looks like they might have been in the last six generations descended from anybody Asian. I'm going to take a page out of the, uh, the greatest Democratic president we've ever had, FDR, 
and we're going to intern you. Now, it'll be just temporary. And I mean, these will be fashionable accommodations, satellite TV, the best Wi-Fi, we assure you. We feel we've struck a nice balance. Yes, yes. But um, uh, these will be much nicer than the cages Obama put children in uh, at the Mexican border. We promise. But um, it, it's it really, we just feel like we need to do this right now. And Don Lemon would be on CNN that night going all tough but fair. That's that's what would happen, I believe, if Hillary were president right now. Now, up until this point, we would have had a myriad of other problems. But there's no way in a presidential election year. Miss, what's a Vince Foster is going down for 30 million unemployed. There's no way that's happening over over a bunch of old people in nursing homes that she knows either don't vote or usually vote Republican if they do. Okay, no way, no way. The woman who said Margaret Sanger's my spirit animal, my idol. Well, you know, sometimes you got to sacrifice some people to get ahead. You know, it sucks for the old people. But anyway, um, how's the stock market doing? That's that's what I think would happen if Hillary were president. If it wasn't a presidential election year, I think the lockouts would all be over right now. I think your kids would be back in school right now. Think about this. Right now, the American left is arguing they can't bring the kids back to their chief indoctrination centers. And the American right is arguing to put the kids back in the left's chief indoctrination centers. That's all politics. Because the right understands that the kids going back to school is a linchpin to the psyche of the country for the macro reopening. And so does the left. They don't want it. At least, well, elements of the left don't want it. Is there any other context other than this is a presidential election year? where the left would be arguing against putting more kids in the schools with as any other context you can imagine. No, that's their, no, that's their reproduction. Yes. It's the youth ministry of the American left, man. So things would be a lot different if this weren't a presidential election year. And it would be tremendously different if a Democrat was in the white house. That's why we did that poll. We, we, a couple of months ago, we were only half joking. When we said, what's the quickest path to you getting your country back? A, a vaccine, or B, Joe Biden wins the presidency. <laughs> we were only half joking when we threw that out there. That's why, you know, they know what's going on at Stanford University. And if and come November 5th, or November 4th, the day after the election, win or lose, they're going to like suddenly start to discover all these Stanford antibody tests and all these things they've ignored this whole year. They'll start to rediscover them again when the presidential election is over. Hey, they gave it their best run. They because if they win, they're going to want to get the economy back 100 percent as fast as they can. If they lose, they'll be like, "Hey, it was a nice run. Winter solstice is coming up. See you next year." We know this. This is the this is the this is the this is the movement who's turned memory hole into a verb. Their this their 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 slogan is "Wreck them, barely knew them." Everything just radically disappears and comes back based on what fits the narrative. Am I wrong? No. Whatever fits the narrative. Dude, they caught a straight white male turning his hotel room. It's like the it's like everything they ever warned us about. Michael Douglas falling down the X-rated version, the faces of death rated version happened. Right? The reason they had to take all your guns is something like this would happen with some angry white male. It actually did. But because it killed a bunch of country music goers, or for whatever his real motivations were, it didn't fit their narrative, 
down the memory hole we go. What, what's a Las Vegas shooting? Do you even know what that is? Is that a new way to hit play the crab crabs table? You just like shoot them out of a gun? What's what's the, what was the Las Vegas shooting? Twenty years, Sweden. We got to be more like Sweden. Got to be like Sweden. What's a Sweden, man? I don't, I don't, I don't know what a Sweden is. Where, where, where is that at? Is that, is that on Earth? Is that over by Alpha Centauri, where the UFOs now are confirmed? This is how they roll. Come November 4th, win or lose, a whole bunch of people are going to claim the lockouts were the dumbest thing they've ever seen and they were against it the whole time. And here's, the, here's all the antibody studies. And how, lo and behold, now we can contact trace the fact the virus arrived like on Halloween. It was here the whole time, guys. We tried to tell you, if only somebody had told us. I promise you that's coming. Right after the election, win or lose. It's coming. Well, to prove you're right, we, we need to talk about that Fauci picture again. Yeah, don't don't memory hole that, Steve. Do you remember right now the, the the, that guy wearing the mask now? Do you I, with masks. Do you remember You're sure about how when the, really? a member of the press asked him about the, right at the beginning of this thing, asked him a question about sharing the microphone with the president and he took yeah. umbrage at that? At the time, that's the best question oh, yeah. CNN's asked and in three years. He's like, that's ridiculous. It's not going to pass away. Now he's standing there with the mask on. <laughs> right now in the United States. People should not be walking so I, around. That with helps prove your point. I just bring it up. You're sure of it. I bring it into evidence. Really? No. Closely to this. <laughs> right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. I'm. I don't even know where to go. How much time do we have left? It's got to be close to over, isn't it? Mm, about 70 seconds. I'm, I'm, I'm tapped. Out. tapped out. I am, I, I am, I am, I am, uh. Just do a simple reset. Assume you're being lied to. Just reset that. Bigly. I just, I wish I could get 10 minutes alone with Donald Trump. That's it. If I got if you could, if I could get anything on earth. 10 minutes alone with Donald Trump. I'm at the, I'm, I'm at the, I gotta know stage now. You know what I'm saying? I gotta know. I gotta, I gotta know. What are you doing? Because none of this makes any sense. I know the game Fauci's playing. He's a fraud. He hates people like us. It's the guy whose biggest claim to fame was, hey, you've got HIV. Let me give you a drug that masks your uh, viral signature so you can have sex with it now. That, that's, his, that's literally his claim to fame in life. Is it? That's it. That's it. I, I, I just... Why didn't you just turn right around? You're fired. Right there. Oh. Just right there. I, I, I need to know. That, that's, that may be more than anything in the whole world just 10 minutes. I just got I have questions. Questions. Oh, there it is. No, no, not, I don't even think that's going to do it right now. I don't even think the Cambodian smoking toddler is going to do it right now. John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.